We have ceremonies for weddings, for funerals, for birthdays, for graduations, and for many holidays in between. But what about ceremonies for manhood? How do our boys know when they have officially become a man? We are going to talk about that today. Welcome to episode 31 of Redeeming the Chaos with Laurie Christine. Hey there, Mama. Does your life feel a bit chaotic right now? Do you feel overwhelmed by the weight of responsibility to raise those little boys God has given you? Do you want to raise strong, courageous young men who are fully committed to following Jesus? In all the chaos of raising boys, we recognize that Christ is the only one who can redeem the chaos in our world, our homes, and our own hearts. I know that I can't do this alone. I desperately need God to give me strength every step of this journey. But guess what? I also need you. I would love for you to join me on this wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. In our last episode, we discussed the three building blocks of manhood, and we are looking at a book by Robert Lewis called Raising a Modern Day Knight, and we are going to continue our discussion today about that book. So we talked about the three different building blocks of manhood. So what does biblical manhood look like versus conventional manhood? How is it different? So Lewis says that conventional manhood is not incorrect, it is simply incomplete, and it rarely satisfies. Lewis describes conventional manhood in his book. He says, conventional manhood equates manhood with position. There's an emphasis on what he does, not who he is. In conventional manhood, value must be earned, and credibility comes from winning. Success is always the goal, even at the expense of relationships. The reward of the success is power, respect, and attention from peers and coworkers. And lastly, conventional manhood claims that success comes from personal wealth and influence. Again, this view of manhood is not necessarily incorrect, but it is incomplete. There's nothing wrong with pursuing a profitable career or success in life, but the problem comes when our boys think that this is all there is to life. There's something missing from the conventional view of manhood, and that something is a transcendent cause. I want more than anything for my boys to realize that true satisfaction and joy in life will not come from pursuing wealth or power or entertainment or pleasure, but can only be found by pursuing life in Jesus Christ. So I want to talk a little bit about the importance of ceremonies. We have talked about this in a couple other episodes, and I am a big proponent of ceremonies and rites of passage in our boys' lives. Our Western culture has done a terrible job of establishing ceremonies, rites of passage, and initiation into manhood. We discussed the topic of ceremonies and initiation on several previous episodes of Redeeming the Chaos, and I'm going to have links for those episodes for you in the show notes. In episodes 18 through 20, I reviewed John Eldridge's book, Wild at Heart, and I talked about the importance of ceremonies in our boys' lives. And then also in episode 24, I interviewed Kathleen Henderson, and we discussed what it looks like to teach our boys to be real men and the importance of celebrating milestones in their lives. 
And I have links for all of those episodes for you in the show notes. Episode 18 is Why Are My Boys So Wild? Episode 19, Battles and Bombs and Booby Traps. Oh my. Episode 20, How Boys Become Men. And episode 24, What is a Real Man? I think that we as believers and as parents can do better than our culture. Ceremonies and initiation rites help to provide stepping stones for our sons to move from childhood into adulthood. They provide our boys with points of reference to be able to look back and say, yes, that is the day I became a man. Lewis says that manhood ceremonies tell a son, I notice you. You are important to me. You are important to the kingdom of God. You have an important masculine destiny to fulfill. He suggests in his book that there are several aspects of a memorable ceremony. He says a memorable ceremony should be costly. You must invest time, thought, planning, effort, and even money. He says memorability grows in proportion to the cost. Number two, memorable ceremonies ascribe value. They declare the high value of the individual involved in the ceremony, and they tell our boys, you are important. This moment is important. Also, memorable ceremonies employ symbols. Just like a wedding or a graduation would have a ring or a diploma, this ceremony, these manhood ceremonies, should also have some sort of symbol to mark the occasion. So think of something that might be meaningful for your son. Maybe it's a special family ring or a Bible or a plaque or a pocket knife with his name engraved on it or something like that. You are free to be creative in this area. And then lastly, he says that memorable ceremonies empower a life with vision and they help our children, our boys to make a transition from one season of life to another. So when should these manhood ceremonies take place? It is up to you and your family to decide when you will hold your ceremonies. Lewis suggests to hold the first ceremony, possibly when your son hits puberty, like around the age of 12 or 13, and then another at high school graduation, college graduation, and marriage. But you, of course, can adapt this to fit your family. I've heard of other families who begin manhood ceremonies and rites of passage even earlier. And in our family, we have decided to begin when our boys are even a little bit younger. Because why not? Who doesn't love a celebration? Some of our ceremonies when our kids are younger will actually take place with mom. But as they get older, it's really important for dad to take the lead in these manhood ceremonies. So in our family, these are some of the ones that we came up with, and obviously you can come up with ones in your family that you're going to put on the calendar and mark special occasions in your boys' lives. So the first one is when our boys enter first grade, they go out on a date with mom, with me, and that is when I give them their first real Bible. So not a children's Bible, not like a a paraphrased version of the Bible, but it's like their first real Bible and... I always write a little note in the front and I talk with the boys about what it means to read the Bible and why we read the Bible. And I tell them that I'm praying for them. And so that's just a fun, a fun occasion when they enter first grade. And then this is kind of not really a manhood ceremony, but it's a special occasion each year. And I've mentioned this before. um, Every year when the kids go back to school, I take each of the kids out on special back to school date. So it might just be going out for coffee or a smoothie or ice cream or something like that. Um, But that's just a way for me to reconnect with each of the boys at least once a year. (laughs) I do try to do it more often, but but for sure we we do that every summer um, before the kids go back to school. 
So then the next ceremony, like the next rite of passage is after fourth grade. In our school district, after fourth grade, they leave the elementary school and then they go into the intermediate school. So after fourth grade, they do a special ropes course with dad. And that was the one that my oldest son did this past summer. So we did that with him for the first time. And then um, as our as our other kids go through the grade levels, we will we'll do the same ceremony with, with each of them. The next one will be at 13 years old. And that one will be a little bit more, maybe a little more official manhood ceremony. And we'll probably try to involve some other family members or important people, important men in our in our son's lives. Then their 16th birthday will be a special celebration, high school graduation, college graduation, or if they choose not to go to college, maybe their first career job, and then marriage. We haven't planned out all of those ceremonies yet because we haven't gotten there yet, but we at least have the events marked marked on the calendar. Lewis also mentions the importance of baptism in your son's life. When a young man chooses to be baptized, make a big deal about it. Have a party. Dad should be personally involved, and if possible, participate in the baptism itself. Don't just be a casual observer. I know at my church, there is a series of lessons that parents need to go through with their kids before they are baptized, and dads have the option of actually getting into the water and baptizing their own son. So I think this is a great way for dads to affirm their sons in this very important step in their relationship with Jesus. So what do these ceremonies look like? What does a manhood ceremony look like? At the ceremony, you can discuss new roles, new independence, new privileges, and new responsibilities. So for example, like, well, now that you're 13, we expect you to mow the yard every weekend. Or now that you are 13, now you have some new freedom and you get to choose when you go to bed or, or things like that. So talk about what does this look like? What does this new stage of life look like? Some of the ceremonies, I think it's a great idea to talk about um, body changes, preparing your kids for a godly view of marriage, a godly and biblical view of sex, all of those things can take place, all of those discussions can take place during one of your manhood ceremonies. So also during the ceremony, review your family's definition of manhood, review your code of conduct, and then include a special gift. So not every ceremony has to have a gift, but maybe choose one or two that you would like to include a special symbol of some sort. So we'll probably do maybe like the 13-year-old ceremony, and then maybe high school graduation or something like that. Lewis says, the important thing is that you do something creative and memorable to initiate your son into manhood. Here are a couple tips that Lewis gives on how to create your own ceremony for your son. He says, employ the element of surprise. Maybe don't tell your son what you're going to be doing and plan a surprise trip or something like that. Make the ceremony intensely spiritual and biblical. Incorporate symbols to mark the moment, include a blessing from dad, and involve other men. So I just want to talk for a minute about the importance of dad. Why is it so important that dad be personally involved in these ceremonies? Lewis says it is vitally important that dad be personally involved in his son's journey to manhood. Fathers must be diligent in setting an example in character and spiritual leadership. 
Fathers must instruct their sons and pass on to them the vision for manhood, the code of conduct, and the transcendent cause of manhood, which is a relationship with Jesus. He says there is no substitute for dad's personal character and integrity. Lewis says a son absorbs his father's values by witnessing actions, behaviors, and attitudes. The real legacy we leave in our son's lives is what we have lived out before them. But what if dad has failed? Dads, if you're listening to this, or moms, if you're thinking, oh boy, my son's dad or my husband has definitely failed in this area. What if dad doesn't want to be involved? What if dad doesn't even want to step into leadership in this area? First of all, dads, if you feel like you have messed up, Lewis has some encouragement for you. He says, it is never too late for you. It is never too late to close the gap and build a relationship with your son. Sons have a primal, innate desire to connect with their dads and hear the words, I love you. You can't go back and change the past, but you can move forward. Here are a few practical steps that Lewis suggests to help you reunite with your son if you have failed in this area. First of all, interview him. Ask him, how can you be a better dad? And then listen to what he tells you. Ask him, what do you need most from me as a dad? What should I stop doing? What is missing in our relationship? Secondly, confess to him. Confess your shortcomings as a dad. Ask his forgiveness. And the key to all of this is humility. And then also bless him, affirm him, tell him that you love him, tell him how proud you are of him, and tell him you are so thankful to be his dad. And I will say, moms, if you have a strained relationship with your son, these steps work for moms as well. You know, talk to your son, say, what can I do to be a better mom? Confess your shortcomings, ask forgiveness, be humble, and tell him how much you love him and how proud you are of him. I know for moms, that's often easier to express these things. And for dads, it can sometimes be more difficult to express those emotions. But it's so important for our boys to hear that from dad. What if dad is not around? What if dad's not involved? I know some of you listening, perhaps your son's father is not even in your house. He's not involved in your life. It's possible that you're a single mom or that maybe your husband is not as proactive in raising your children as you would like him to be. Moms, my encouragement for you is this. God isn't surprised by your situation. God isn't wringing his hands in frustration and wondering what happened or what to do. He sees you and he sees your boy. He has equipped you to be the mom of your children and he will not abandon you or your son. Pray that God would bring godly men into your son's life who can impact him and model for him what it looks like to be a real man. And then as far as spiritual leadership and biblical instruction, we as moms can have a huge impact on our son's relationship with God. I can think of many instances in the Bible where it was the faith and actions of a mother that greatly influenced her son's life. For instance, think of Moses and his mother Jochebed or Samuel and his mother Hannah and Timothy and his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois. This is one of my favorite ones. 2 Timothy 1.5 says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. 
So the Bible doesn't even mention anything about the faith of Timothy's dad. We know that his dad was Greek, but we know that Timothy was impacted by the faith of his mother and his grandmother, and Timothy went on to be a leader and a pastor in the church. Just a reminder, if you're looking for a resource to give you some new inspiration for family Bible times, don't forget to check out my free ebook on my website, How to Engage Your Kids in Family Devotions. You can click the link in the show notes or go to lauriechristine.com slash family devotions. So I love this book, Raising a Modern Day Knight by Robert Lewis. I would encourage both moms and dads to go find the book, check it out of your church library, purchase it on Amazon. I have a link for you in the show notes, Raising a Modern Day Knight by Robert Lewis. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode 31 of Redeeming the Chaos. If you would like to read a blog version of this episode or download free resources that will help you raise courageous boys, go to redeemingthechaos.com.